Welcome to the intersection of theater and even more theater. You have achieved stage grok. Stage Grok, the roaming theater podcast coming to you from the geographic center of the American theater. I'm your host, Scott Miller. Today I talk with playwright, poet, and actor Dale Orlander Smith about her one-woman show, Until the Flood, at the Repertory Theater of St. Louis. Well, thank you for talking to me. Oh, that's um, okay. Thanks for wanting so, to talk to me. So let me first start by saying I, I saw the show and it utterly blew my mind. It was so wonderful. Thank you. And... Mostly what I want to talk about is process, how, how yeah. you created this thing. So, so let's start with what was the original impulse? I, I think I read The Rep Came to You, is that right? The Rep Came to Me, and what I wanted to do with that is um, there is no, I mean, who, we don't know the right or wrong within this. I wanted to look at like this, this, this incident and look at how people, how, how far have we come racially? What does this incident mean to people personally? So that's why we wanted to be a mosaic of, of voices. So that's, that was my, my more so, my, my take on it, because I'm not particularly a political writer. I mean... Well, and I, this isn't really a political show. No, but, you know... I, I mean, I've, there's I've read a lot of stuff some, wrapped up there. Because, you know, with this, I mean, I've had this been certain reactions. Like, I read something recently where someone said she should have talked to one of the protesters... Because she is saying that she's like, you know, one of the characters is saying that it's Michael Brown's fault. N none of my characters say that. I, that was... the, that's, they're talking about the character Louise, so the older lady in the beginning. She says, why would you put yourself between a white man and a gun? Why would you... I mean, he did steal, but we don't know what, you know, what ensued between, you know, between Michael Brown and Darren Wilson. We don't know. But beyond that, that character is questioning her own sense of faith, her own racism... Her own, how far have we, you know, as someone, she talked about being alive in the 60s and working within the movement. How far have we come? Have we, have we gone back? And she's questioning her own faith about God, a lot of things. So sometimes what will happen with a piece like this, and I know this is going to happen, people are looking at their own individual sense of justice at the expense of someone else's truth. And that's going to evoke and provoke that kind of response. Well, I think one of the things that struck me was how not judgy it is, right? <laughs> um, and how that makes it difficult to watch some of the pieces. Right. You know, some of the pieces, some of the characters that I would, you know, violently disagree with. Mm -hmm. uh, it was hard to watch those, and I think part of it is because when you gave us those characters, you first introduced us to their humanity. And then you introduced us to their opinions that might be hard for us. That's right. Well, I mean, people... You kind of snuck us in there. <laughs> yeah, no, but, that, but, that's, but isn't it... I mean, that's what theater is. Beginning, middle, end, story, conflict, resolution. Because, again, first... And f I mean, a word that I use is boundary. Um, particularly when you're dealing with a subject like this. I've never really dealt with a sociological subject that's been real. Yeah? Um, 
so I had to really get a, you know, me, me and Neil Keller, the director, were talking about this, this healthy sense of boundary, but also they have to be fully realized people. We don't have to like them, but we have to understand them. It's like when people, there's a great film, uh, one of my favorite actors, a German actor named Bruno Ganz, and he did a film called The Last Days, which was about Hitler in the bunker. And we understand, I mean, obviously, the killing of six million or more people is, is horrific. But we also had to see that this, is, this person was broken. They were born broken. I mean, Hitler was someone who, was, who wanted to be an artist, failed artist, and was abused by his father from the time he was born till he was 17, 18 years old when he lived in that house. Again, does this justify the killing of six million or more people? No, but do we understand where this anger could possibly come from? Well, and I, I also kind of felt, you know, as I'm watching the election play out, oh, you know, that there are really two realities in America. You know, what we believe as fact is different depending on what yeah, side of the political right. scale that's we're on. Right. And, I, and I thought that was all kind of wrapped up in your piece, but but kind of, I don't know, made more human or more noble or something that we, you know, are trying to reach across there, at least trying to understand these people. Yeah, you know, I felt to... like I understand these characters better than I understand the people I see at a Donald Trump rally and I'd immediately think something negative about them, mm -hmm. you know? Well, somebody like Doug Ray may or may not be, he may not necessarily be pro-Trump, but he would definitely not be, he definitely would not be pro-Hillary. Right. But again, to, to write someone as a monster or as a victim, you know, when we go to the, to the total ends of each, each spectrum, is not serving theater. And it's not interesting. It's not. You know, I mean, it's like, you know, again, we watch characters because they're fully realized. And that's, that's what I want them to be. We, again, some of them we like, some of them we don't like. I mean, life is like that. So how do, you know, that's what interests me. It's like when someone writes about, for instance, the one person genre now, and I write all kinds of stuff, not just, you know, but um, the one person genre has become a confessional. And everybody has an interesting life, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's a piece of theater. Right. And sometimes I teach, and I teach both multi-character and, and, and solo work, writing. And I'll ask somebody, I'll say, write a monologue in your mother's voice when she was eight years old. And they said, what do you mean? I said, because she wasn't always your mother, and she's a person. And then I'll say the flip. You'll talk about like what's happened to you. I said, okay, write a, write a monologue when you were cruel to someone. And people look at me like, I said, yeah, because you're a character. And guess what? You're also, you've been on the planet. You've hurt people. So a lot of times people don't want to go to that particular place. And so in terms of this, it's so easy and reductionist and boring as far as I'm concerned. I agree. To um, make, say, you know, come up with my conclusions about who was right, who was wrong, make people victims, you know, because of race and all of this. It's more than that. People are much more textured and much more multifaceted than that. And that's what, that's what I find interesting. Well, and you did what all the greatest theater does, I think. Ask us a bunch of really important questions and not deliver the answer. Right, because there is no answer. Because there is no answer. Yeah. There is no And even if there were an answer, how did that person come to that conclusion? What brought, what brought them to that what led them to that? It's like the characters, all the characters, well, Louisa, the first character, asks, how did, you know, what, what formed Darren Wilson? What formed Michael Brown? She's, acting, she's asking questions on both, on both ends of the spectrum. Right. Because in a lot of ways, they're the flip side of the same coin. Yeah, years ago, I wrote a show about a book banning case, 
and I was so psyched about it because I thought it was a really interesting issue and so forth. But I realized after I had written it, I had written a show about an issue. I had not written a show about people. And mm. we want to see a story about people. We right. want to see humans. Um, which you did so beautifully. I mean, Thank the, you. all those characters are so human. Uh, so I want to jump back. I want to jump back to the beginning of the process. The rep comes to you and says, what? We want uh, a piece about Ferguson? Uh, they want to write a piece about Ferguson, and I got a chance to interview people in Ferguson. Did, did the rep have any other parameters on it? Or it was just, yeah, we want to create they, a piece? Yeah, you know, we want to create a piece where everybody feels, you know, uh, you know it's, uh, feels a part of. We realize, that, we realize that there's a divide within community, and how can we, in our own way, bring it together? At least create conversation. Because, you know, again... Um, like I say, I, I don't, in terms of writing this piece, I'm not speaking for, I speak to. So, you know, and hope, you know, by speaking to, we see, you know, multifaceted sides. So they wanted to kind of deal with the issue. And, you know, and, and was it necessarily a one actor piece at the beginning? I didn't know what I was going to do. All right. All right. So then you start talking to real people. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, yeah, well, they did want me to act in it, you know, so I'm like, okay. So I said, let me just do that. So I just so, so I started talking to real people that I made it very clear to everyone I sat down with. I said, I'm a playwright, first of all. And I said, I'm listening to what you're saying because I need to get a sense of history. I said, but there's also a thing that's called we call in the business theatrical imagination, where I said there's going to be a fusion of certain things that are said and certain things that could possibly have could, could have possibly happened. And just certain ways, the way people think and the way they feel. And I said, you know, because I don't have the right to invade your life. I said, there's a wonderful documentarian named Anna Devere Smith who does this. Yeah. She does this great. I said, and I said, she's wonderful. I said, but I said, she does documentary theater. I said, that's, that's not what I do. I said, I, I do something all, altogether different. And I said, I don't, you know, I don't feel comfortable with just taping you or what have you, you know, and getting the exact such and such. I said, I want to look at certainly things that have happened and have a fusion between that and what could possibly happen and just how the way people feel and have that be a, a, a stepping point. And so you have eight characters in the finished piece. Would, did that happen relatively early? I mean, it took, it took me about a year to write, a year and a half to write. And the, I'm assuming the characters are composites of all these real people. Com they're totally composite figures. Did you, did you have any other characters at any point? Beyond what's there? Yeah. No. Okay. I can honestly say that no. And and what kind of a role did the director play in shaping this piece? Um, well, you know, I, I'm someone who can overwrite. So he could, we, we sat down with the script. Me meaning you write more than you can actually put in front of an audience. Yeah, before an audience, <laughs> but also, again, I, said, I tend to sometimes, will they get this, will they get that? And it's just like, you know, I'll just oh, okay. be so much in my head that, right. you know, I, I, I'll need like a third eye. And so, it, and I can be indulgent. I can overwrite. I can really be indulgent, you know. And so that's no. What? 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 Why? What is that impulse? Is that I have something I really want to say, or I have something I really want to say, but it's also again, it's at what point is it you, you're saying something, but also theatrically will get it. You know what I mean? It might it's be like, clear. Is that... Yes, exactly. You know, because it'll it'll be so much. You know, it'll it'll invoke and provoke a response within me as a person. And then it's, you know, I'll just go, ha, 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 But also you look at it and go, okay, we get that. You know, you have to really yank back and go, okay, this is still theater. And we get what you're saying. And this is, although this individual, say, paragraph might read fantastic, it's not going to propel the theater, it's not going to propel the character forward. It's not going to propel the night forward of theater. 
Now, did you think of each of these eight characters as essentially a one act? Or not no. so much? No? No. No. No, 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 no. Do, is there a arc across the whole thing, or is it just connected thematically? It's, I mean, I think, I mean, I think there's an it's almost kind of a cumulative thing, I guess, for the audience. We yeah. kind of meet the community. I mean, I think, yeah, that's what, well, the community becomes, a, there, and there is a community within that. Their arc is, they all have, yeah, they all have an, they have an individual arc that adds to, to, to the collective art is, how do we question ourselves within, the, or do we not question ourselves about this? Because from what I understand, there's a thing called Ferguson fatigue, somebody told me. Oh. I actually heard that where they said people are just tired of it and they just want to keep going on with this. But again, going beyond Ferguson, it's just where, how far have we come as people? You know, because every human being, unfortunately, we have this. Every human being has, a, has bias within them. And so I just wanted to touch upon that. But also, again, this, this the, you know, the tragedy of both these people. What does I, it mean? You know, it, it kind of felt to me like part of what the play does, I don't know, maybe this isn't conscious on your part, mm. but it does reveal to us sitting in the audience what our biases are and what our pre-conclusions are and so forth. And it kind of says, oh, oh, careful there, mm -hmm. which I thought was kind of cool. Thank you. Did I, you said, did I purposely do that? Yeah. I did, I, I, yes and no. I mean, because like I said, again, it's, yeah, yes and no. It's both. It's like, it's. I was looking at that the fact that we are multifaceted and we do we do have to look at the fact that within us there is there is that that, that there is the, the propensity for a certain amount of hatred and evil if evil as it were are we born that way no does but, it does it come entirely from seeing people as the other maybe not um, entirely not entirely. I mean, it's like, you know, I, at what point do we keep ourselves stupid, too? You know what I mean? Because yeah. also, there's certain kinds of work where it's just purely there for entertainment. There's other kinds of work where, you know, just because you throw your money down doesn't mean that you're going to be entertained. You have to do some work, too. You know? I mean, you have to you have to come and you have to think about this. And for the most part... People, and think about it. Think about and it. Think about, and think Go about home it. and think or about not. it some more. <laughs> yeah, you know, because again, like if someone says, you know, like I've, I've read people think, you know, like when, I, at one point I know like when Judas, I forgot the name of that song that Judas Priest had where these kids went out and they committed suicide or they tried to make a suicide attempt. You're going to blame Judas Priest? Those kids were screwed up before they listened to that song. Right. You know, so like the parents, I think, were, some people were trying to sue Judas Priest and stuff. And there was a documentary on that. And I'm looking at the dynamic within that family with these two kids. And I'm looking at these, the mother who's just, I don't want to say ignoramus, that's a horrible thing. But it's like, obviously, she's, there's no interest. She's pretty much a, she's removed herself from daily activity, interacting with the world. And I said, this gives me insight as to why this kid did this. There's no, there's no interaction with this family. You just kind of go, you know, they, they come home from work, they, you know, they open their beer can, they eat the processed food, and then, you know, they sit before the television, and then on the weekends, more than likely, they, uh, they watch the television longer, and they drink a little bit, a few, a few more beers, because they don't have to get up early, and that's just it. And I understood why those kids reacted the way they did. It's not Judas Priest. 
And so but it's but like again, what you're talking about is going past the issue to the humanity yeah. behind it, but also, but which, also, which we don't do all the time. We don't, but we don't do, but we don't do all the time. But the reason why I also bring this up as a, as a, as a, as an example is, at what point do we realize, you know, as Robert Burns says, that we are citizens of the world, and how do we? Part it is our responsibility to participate. And so, if someone has a reaction, and I know there's going to be reactions to this piece, you know, again. If someone says that I, they felt that I didn't represent, I'm not representing anybody. I am showing you, trying to show you an aspect of something. I can't speak for either one of those men or anybody within that community. No one can. I think what, for me personally, what you did the most is reveal. That's exactly. And that's what, you know, that's what we want to tell the, you know, the, what could possibly happen with, you know, within like 70 minutes. You know, I mean, 70 minutes is not a long, a long time because people want to be longer. So, you know, but um, <laughs> a slice of, not the entire pie. But I do feel, you know, I mean, I do think about these issues a lot and I talk about my friends a lot. But I also came into this piece and was deeply challenged <laughs> by yeah. a lot of what you put on that stage. A lot of stuff yeah. that I hadn't thought about, that I hadn't yeah. realized, okay. you know, and, and that was thrilling. That's awesome, awesome theater for awesome. me, you know. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad. I'm glad. I mean, that's, you know, again, that's, yeah, I hope it did, I hope, you know, it does invoke that kind of response where, you know, it, it kicks up stuff within people. But how do they take that information and either apply it or no? Either you apply it or you don't. Right. Right. All right, well, so it, it seems to me that this piece does not depend on any knowledge of Ferguson. It seems to me 10 years from now, somebody could do this piece, and unless we figured all this out, yeah. it'll still be really relevant and timely. Do you think that's true? I think that's true. It's not really tethered to that event, even though it's yeah. kind of about that. It is, but it's like, yeah, but also, again, it, it, it does become, it is, for lack of a better term, universal. And, yeah. you know, Unfortunately. I know, I know. Um, but that's, that's, that's what, that's what interests me as well. That's cool. That's cool. Do you think the, the heart of it or the core of it would change if a white guy was playing all eight characters? Mm, that's an interesting question. Or a white woman. Would it change? I, I almost yeah, feel... Yeah, I'm not trying to, I, I think, I think it, it would be interesting the response, Yeah. It seems to me that you have some kind of permission to talk about this because you're a black woman. Is that true? Yes and no. Yeah. I mean, because I, I think, because, again, people are looking at the Michael Brown thing specifically um, and equating, you know, because I'm a black woman automatically. But having said that, I also have had white people get mad at me about Doug Ray. And one guy said last year, he said, well, it sounds like the, the playwright. Play, playwright talking. I said, well, the playwright is talking about the whole thing, man. And I said, Doug Ray is just not simply this, because I think he was accusing me of bias. He was saying that, uh, you know, without saying, without saying, that he's just this redneck. Doug Ray obviously is not just a redneck. He is someone oh, who no. went to school. He's a complicated guy. He's a complicated man. So I think what happens is because, again, you know, again, if somebody white did this, and they could, but, uh, if they did, what would be in somebody's mind's eye is, you know, again, the whole, the whole history of blackface and stuff like that. Right. Turn into a caricature. You know, that would be, you know, if I had a worry, I mean, because I want anybody to be able to pick this up. If I had a worry, that would be that. It's like, you know, they're, they're turning the characters into caricatures. And, I'm not, and not everybody would. I know, I know some wonderful actors of all races and stuff. But if it gets into the wrong hands. 
And also, if somebody yeah, black, it, it, your piece could cross over to that if yeah, not handled also, right. It, yeah, and also again, the flip side of it, if you got a black person who doesn't who who's who's so angry about racial issues, it can also go up that way as well. I mean, it has to be someone who's really in touch with their own bias and tries to analyze that and try to you know do some alchemy. And also, again, the actor who can do anything. I mean, I remember reading someplace where James Earl Jones wished he could play um, Hemingway. I could see where that could possibly happen. Yeah. Yeah. So, you had mentioned, I think before we started recording, you had mentioned that you thought it would work with multiple actors. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I mean, we Neil, the, Neil Keller, the director, and I are talking about that. It's like, can it be like, a you know, uh, where actors... Like, like, one night I might play Doug Ray. Maybe a white actor will play Louisa. You know, a male may play Louisa. I may play Louisa one night, and then he may play Doug Ray, that, you know, whatever it is, or Hispanic, whatever it is. You know, whoever can pull that off, you know? So, yeah, I mean, that, I'm totally open to that. Because I think, this, I think theater needs to go in a certain kind of direction. Because there's certain things that I've written that can be multi-character, single-character, that can play, be played by any race or gender. I've actually written things like that. Okay, so as the actor, mm -hmm. well, first of all, it just seems to me so terrifying to do a one-actor show. Really, <laughs> you got no yeah. safety net out there. But but what's it like to inhabit these characters? And it seems like the rep audiences are pretty solidly behind you in yeah, this piece. It seems like everybody's really loving it. Yeah, they're, they're wonder they've been wonderful. What's, what's that experience like doing it live every night? It's different every night. I'm always scared. Do you get different laughs every night? Yeah. Well, the person that everybody seems to love is Ruben. Ruben is the barber. Yeah, yeah. Everybody loves Ruben. Um, they're different. Yeah, sure, they're different. But yeah, they're different. They're different laughs every night. Yeah. Um, strange laughs sometimes. But I, and I wonder is if that I, discomfort, maybe? Maybe it is, or maybe I'm dealing with an ignoramus who actually finds it funny. I don't know. Right. I can't really... You know, but yeah. But the, the, when, when, when Hassan was talking about, um, uh, I, wish, I wish this man were my father, somebody started to laugh. I'm like, how the hell is that funny? Yeah. You know, it's just like, what are you, you know, what are you doing, you know? But, um, yeah, but, but the consistent, there are consistent laughs, like with Ruben. People laugh, like with, with Ruben. They love Ruben. Do you feel they're like desperate to have some laughs because so much of it's so heavy? Yeah, I think there might be a bit of that. I, I mean, I guess that's just life, right? Serious yeah, and but, funny. But yeah, but yeah, but I mean, I think there 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 are points where people just want to yeah they yeah. It's just a escape valve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But Ruben is funny man though. You know the barber. Ruben the barber is funny. Yeah, he's a funny guy. Yeah. Well, thank you for talking to me about this. I I. I have not seen a piece that powerful in a very long time. Oh, thank and you. And I was just so anxious to talk to you about creating it because it's such a neat, neat piece. Thank you, yeah. And I feel like, I also feel like as somebody who lives in St. Louis, mm -hmm. like it was such a welcome kind of healing in some way. Awesome. Mm. I'm, I'm really, that, that really makes me feel good. I'm going to tell Neil that you said that. <laughs> no, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks very much. All right, cool. Thank you for joining us. This is Scott Miller. Now you, too, have achieved stage rock. See you next time.